0: Hello, everyone. Today on Masters and Founders, we're going to dig into the life and art of Ash Elmonti. Ash is a local artist here in Austin, and she has deep Texas roots. Ash has a great note on her website about her mission as an artist, and I think it would ring true to some of you listeners that follow the show. Ash says, It is my mission to create works of art that are real, raw, and filled with passion and love, inspiring others one painting at a time. I know as entrepreneurs, we are all seeking our passions. And Ash has a beautiful way of expressing hers. She has had a fascinating journey. Let's jump in. Hi, and welcome to a Masters and Founders podcast brought to you by Founding Austin. Before we get started, I want to thank our sponsors. We want to start with Waterloo Sparking Water, Kind Bar, Tiny Tiny House Coffee, Still Austin Whiskey Company, and of course, Russell Collection Fine Art Gallery that we're doing this saying it. Very, very uh, grateful to all our sponsors. Today, we have a special guest, Ash Almonte, who's a local artist, and we're going to talk about art. Uh, Part of the Masters and Founders' uh, purpose is to inspire others, and so we are so thankful to have you here and talk about art.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: So, as we were talking a few minutes ago, the whole purpose is really to understand the paths that people have paved for themselves and how they follow their own passion and kind of not gone the traditional nine to five job and you know following what I call the safe route mm-hmm. or what's thought to be the safe route and really just saying, no, I'm gonna follow my passion and create my income and feed my family from what is coming out of my heart. Mm-hmm. And so what I wanna to get to, uh, let's talk about what you do now, what kind of art you do.
1: So I do mixed media paintings. Um, I do have a subject matter, so they're representational. Uh, I have one behind me here. Uh, I work with lots of peacocks, lots of chandeliers. Um, but I create mixed media paintings and my work is represented through galleries.
0: Okay. Uh, when did you get started? When was that first, um, idea that you picked or the first time you picked up a paintbrush or whatever form of, uh, instruments you use?
1: I mean, I can think back to when I was a little girl, uh, I grew up in West Texas in a very small town, graduated with <laughs> what a what 30. I, I went, I grew up in Abilene.
0: I know Abilene. You know
1: Abilene? So I, I went to an elementary school outside of Abilene in Holly, Holly, Texas. Oh. Very small. So for, for me as a child, artists were in books. You would read stories about artists, but I didn't know any artists. I didn't know any museums. I didn't know any galleries. So for me to see an artist, it was like seeing a rock star, yeah. you know. So as a little kid, that seed got planted. Um, I can remember other kids wanting to be firefighters and policemen, and I wanted to be an artist. It was just this dream world, you know. So I can remember being a little girl. That that's what I wanted to do.
0: Okay. And so what, what was the first time that you guys took steps towards that? So it's one thing to dream. I could, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a fireman. And then those things change as a kid. But then there's one point where you're like, I'm going to start practicing.
1: Um, In high school, I had an art teacher who really took me under her wing. Uh, we, We became best friends and she saw something in me. And I think that would be just the dedication and the hard work. And she really, I guess, helped me believe that that could be a reality you could go to college for art and you could become um, a professional in the industry, it started to become more of a reality in high school. Okay. Uh, and I, and I began competing in art shows. Like I was an, I was very athletic, but my heart was in art. It was very strange because in West Texas, you're like, it's all athletics, mm-hmm. you know? So I had this kind of like, What type of sports? Uh, softball and basketball. Okay. But I also had this, like, I don't want to say geeky, but a lot of the athletes thought it was kind of geeky. My, my, love for arts mm-hmm. so that side started outgrowing the athletic side of me if that makes sense yep. um, so high school would be when I really thought maybe I could do this
0: the passion started coming yeah,
1: out. yeah right? yeah I think I think this is what I'm meant to do
0: at that point what were your first steps like what were, you know so you started drawing and doing different things I mean painting what, what were the first things you started to to produce
1: um, I, gosh, I've always been a painter, lots of paintings. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really still challenging myself in the medium, just making a lot of work, um, uh, mostly painting, drawing. I think drawing is an, a skill that really helps you as an artist, even if you're a painter. Mm-hmm. So I started drawing a lot. in. In high school, there was an art competition that she got me into called Vase. Mm -hmm. It's a statewide competition. And what it does is it allows students to talk about their work. So this was huge uh, to grow as an artist. You go to the art show and you have to sit with the judge and you have to explain to them the piece that you made. You have to give them aesthetically what are some things that worked really well in that piece, balance, color, whatever, But I think the part that really, really helped me as an artist, you also had to explain why you created this piece, what did it mean to you, what were you trying to express? So I started learning the heart behind my art and sharing that with people, just in those little high school art competitions. Um, I think as an artist, it's really hard to talk about your work. And that kind of put me um, to start like understanding, oh, people want to hear about this. And like, I may create a peacock for rejuvenation and starting a new year and a new life, but maybe the viewer doesn't know why I created a peacock and maybe for them, there's a new year or a new life or something's happened to them that inspires them or touches them. And so going to that competition, it just planted this little seed that maybe the work is deeper than the surface and people want to hear about that. Mm -hmm. And so it helped me to kind of begin to speak a little bit, if that makes sense. Speak through your art. Yeah, and explain why I may have created this.
0: Right. And do you know before you start a project what you're creating? Do you have an art idea already in your head or does it just kind of flow?
1: Um, I do have an idea in my head. I kind of break it up in a sense of our work in series. So the series is like a book and each piece is like the chapter. So I know I'm going to make Uh, a series of chandelier paintings, and I know I want those chandeliers to express love and light and inspiration, and I know in my head I want one to have a blue tone, and I know that I want one that's emerald green, and I know that I want one that has a lot of red. So I kind of see a whole body of work, and then I break it down to each piece, and then when I go to that piece, I have the intention of having some deep reds and maybe there's a certain quote that really touched me, and I want to put that in the background of it, but then I kind of um, play off of it and let the painting form itself
0: mm-hmm.
1: with a little bit of intention that I have as I begin, right? I but it kind of evolves, okay. if that makes sense. Yeah,
0: no, it makes complete sense. Going back to high school and the, the things that we talked about a second ago, um, starting out, at what point um, did you decide I am going to make money off of this versus just because there's this there's this transition right? Is the, the yeah. passion of art as a hobby versus actually becoming an artist as a paid artist and you support family and that kind of thing? Does that, does that do you remember that time?
1: Oh yes, I remember that very day. Okay, um, I was working. I'd already. I'm trying to think. Had I graduated college yet? No, I had not gone to college for art yet. I had just graduated high school, a couple years out, and I was working at a bank as a teller, and I was doing art on the side. Um, and I had what they call a spontaneous nemothorax, which is just where your lung co- coincidentally um, collapses. You get a little tear in it. Wow. So I went, no, I was in college for art mm-hmm. and working. <clears throat> and Because I was at college and I went to the nurse for chest pain (laughs) and I had had, uh, she sent me to the ER and I went to the ER and they called my husband and said, you may want to get down here. We believe your wife has a blood clot in her lung and we're going to take her into surgery. I ended up having a tear in my lung Mm -hmm. and um, I was in the hospital for four days and I had a chest tube put in and the lung will heal itself. Mm -hmm. I was 22. Wow. I wasn't dying, but in my head, I was dying. Like, my whole life, like, pew! Right. Because um, I never really had anything happen to me. Mm-hmm. And it was so sudden, and it was so unfamiliar. I hadn't heard of any lung issues. So um, I laid in the hospital, and I thought about a lot of things. And I never once thought about my job at the bank. I never once thought about buying makeup or hair product or going to dinner, I thought about how I wanted to be outside being cooped up in the hospital. I want to be outside and I wanted to make art. And I realized how fragile life is. Yeah. It just became very real.
0: Right.
1: I mean, I, yeah, it was very real to me yeah. Um, yeah. that it's a reality.
0: Yeah.
1: And I decided, uh, no more.
0: Right.
1: So my husband's super supportive I, I said, told the bank, thank you, and, and we took a ride.
0: Nice, nice. So often, it is those life-changing events that make you really rethink. Really I mean, we have that option. Everyone out there has an option to do whatever they want to do. We've heard this from when we were really small. It's like, if you can be whatever you set your mind to. I mean, there's this thing that's always set. Yeah. But in the same time, it's there's also go to college and do this, and there's all the society saying something, right? Yeah. And you follow a safer path working for a nine to five job. But it's moments like that where you realize how short life is and how fragile it is, where you get to reflect and say, Oh, I better do what I want to do. So that sounds like it was the the ultimate moment for you and a game changer for the rest of your life. So it sounds yeah, like
1: Yeah, and to think like security security, if you will, it's so it's not. it's not real it's not real yeah, yeah. you just can't control everything right. you know
0: the, I, I will share what i shared before this podcast with the audience uh in 18 years of wealth management this is the reason i started the magazine founding austin this is the reason i started this podcast is because in 18 years i've seen thousands of people uh clients that come through the office and they're saving for college and they're, and they're for their kids college and they're you know pushing kids to make decisions and then end, ending up with 90% of those kids don't use that degree. But then that the falsehood continues because then you get that one nine to five job. And then you think you've got oh a good income paying job. You get a house, you get more debt and so on and so forth. 10 years down the road, that job gets yanked out because so, uh, the, the co- corporation didn't make a quarterly number. Mm-hmm. And so then you realize that all that time security was false. Yeah. Right. Where I appreciate masters and founders and artists and, it, and people that actually take this from the very get-go is, yes, you eat ramen noodles for five years okay. and, yeah. and you face this, this deal in the face. You, you face it directly and say, okay, I, yeah, it's fear. There's fear there because you know, who knows how, how this is going to turn out, but you face it and there's no false sense of security and you just got to make it happen. Yeah. But then through downturns of economy and corporation not making their quarterly bonus or whatever, it doesn't matter because you're, you're doing your own thing. So yeah. I value that so much. And that's the story that I, want to share through through stories like yours.
1: Yeah, and for me, I remember in my head thinking, okay, I spend 40 hours a week at this job. That's like a lot of my life. I basically only enjoy Saturday and Sunday. How lame is that? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I I don't know how long I'm going to live. I'm dealing with the the reality that my life is fragile, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to only enjoy Saturday and Sunday. Like, what am I doing?
0: You know, I read this quote the other day that hit my request all the time. And I just love it. one of them was, uh, if you're not spending the time building your dream, you're spending, you're building this for someone else. So that when you say you're doing the 40 hours, it's like, that's for somebody else. Somebody else yeah. built that bank and is doing their thing. And that was their dream. Yeah. And so we can either be building our own, following our own passion our own heart, doing our thing or doing it for someone else. We're doing, we're, yeah. we're doing it, but it, who's it for, so. It's really, really cool. And,
1: in, in, I mean, think about. Can you imagine having an artist wait on you at the bank? How painful! <laughs> I mean, was, I mean, what was that? You know, um, but it just was. I wasn't. It just wasn't what I was called to do.
0: So even when you do um, go down this path, obviously there's challenges, right? So it's like I decided to do this. There's challenges. There's the attitude and all that. Um, can you talk about some of the things that you went through? You're learning. You know, as you're learning to become a professional artist and in that path.
1: Oh yeah. Um, Well, I was in my 20s, and so I was very naive. I had this idea that if I painted the paintings, I could set them outside and somebody would buy them. I didn't know there was this whole like relational aspect of having to speak with people and learn, I guess, proper business, if you will, Mm -hmm. or how to build relationships, I thought, oh, I'll paint the paintings and then the money will come because I did my part. So, uh, no. Um Of course there were the financial sacrifices, you know, um that I think almost all entrepreneurs go through of, it's a game of, I have to sell this painting and if I don't, I don't pay my rent. I mean, um but I think the The struggle was pulling myself out of my comfort zone as an artist wanting to, uh, not really wanting to network. And I say not wanting to. I don't think it's in my nature. I'm more of an introvert. And so I had to go as an uncomfortable as it is and network or speak with people or tell people about my work. Um I think... For a lot of people, maybe that doesn't sound like a big deal. But for artists, it's really challenging. Mm-hmm. It is really challenging. And, and it's almost like a muscle that if you don't exercise it, you won't build it and you won't use it. I mean, I can remember walking into places and being just terrified. And my husband would talk to everybody in the room and have a great time. And for me, it was like, oh, my God, this is so exhausting. And it was um, a big challenge. So I had to overcome just building relationships and speaking about my work and putting myself out there um, and putting your work out there, allowing people to give feedback and criticism and not taking that so harshly and adapting and making my work better based on what I was being given feedback wise. And, you know, um, lots of little growing pains because at first you want to get your feelings hurt, mm-hmm. right? When you make something, and you put it out there, and it doesn't it not that it doesn't get well received, but there's criticism. You just want to run in and hide in a hole, I think. I mean, it's easier, but instead to go, OK, you know, I can see what they're saying. Maybe that canvas wasn't stretched that well, or maybe, you know, I should have done this a little better or maybe, you know. Um, I mean, yeah, I think just putting myself out there was very hard at first,
0: multiple things. Uh, come across with 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 a drink so it, 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 sometimes we and I find that happens a lot is you have this 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 image in your head that this is what's going to happen, but then there is a ton of bricks to make that wall oh my god and it it is just learning, but it's a process but it's not not unlike what you described a process of creating art, which is building it in chapters and then taking one chapter at a time and making that happen mm-hmm. I want to talk about this piece of art that you've got here. Will you you talk about it and tell us what we're looking at?
1: Yes, so this is a peacock, and it is created with acrylic um, paint mixed media. It has diamond dust. Uh, It also has some drawings in the background. So what I'm known for is the drawings in the background. People like that you can have an image up close, but whenever you look in the background, you can find different things. Like here's an... A figure and she has uh, wings, angel wings, and up here's a chandelier. Something that's really cool about this piece is the thick pieces of paint that you see, they're actually dried up pieces from my palette. So it's paint that I've used for other paintings, if that makes sense. Oh, and then yeah. I peel it off and then I glue it on. Uh, and that's another thing as an artist, I like to challenge myself to be. I guess innovative, if you will, but challenge myself with mediums, um, to not only create something that is beautiful, but how did it challenge the medium and what's traditional in a sense of using it as an artist? Like, how can I push myself? Um, uh, you know, just to peel up little pieces of dried paint and then try to create something with it is complicated. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's a, I, I really want to push myself to, um, be more innovative in 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 the contemporary art industry if that makes sense.
0: Yeah it does. No, it's a beautiful piece. I really admire the, the details that go into what you just shared for us for sure. It's gorgeous. Um, question regarding family. So you had you you're married and, and now two kids? Yes. Tell us what their names are.
1: I have Emma who is two and Henry who is one.
0: Picked up paintbrushes yet? Yes, yes. And getting paint all over the house, I'm sure.
1: Oh, yes. (laughs) Oh, yes. And it's really hard for them to understand that they can paint, well, Emma mostly, can paint on her canvas, but not mine.
0: Yeah, I imagine. Uh, So. It's off limits.
1: Yeah. But they're great. (laughs) At
0: some point, they'll contribute, I'm sure.
1: Oh, yes. (laughs) Yes.
0: Is there... Uh, Anything else that you'd like to share about how to get in contact with you and where your art is and so so on and so forth? Where do you display your art? Uh,
1: I display my art here at the Russell Collection. I'm represented by the Russell Collection, and Miss Lisa Russell herself represents me. So you can also find my work in California and Los Angeles at Art Space Warehouse, um, Safety Harbor, Florida. Sit and Tell Galleries in Safety Harbor, Florida, and a couple others, but primarily here at Russell Collection.
0: That takes me to one more question. Yes. You went from following your passion, we got that part of the story, but then there's getting someone to represent you. What was that like?
1: Wow. Um, What was that like? That was luck. Divine intervention. Um, I brought my pieces in as artists do, not well prepared. And Lisa Russell, well, I'll take a step back. I was emailing galleries. I was wanting to get in the galleries, but I didn't know how. And I had, Lisa had seen one of my emails and said she wanted to see my work. And so I brought it in and divine intervention. A gentleman happened to be here uh, looking at art and he wanted to purchase one as I was unloading it. Wow. I know. And I thought he worked here (laughs) and he thought I worked here. Um, And so I went and found Lisa and we shook hands. We sold a painting and she represented me that day.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Um,
1: So I'll tell you this. She has mentored me tremendously. And I think if any artist is fortunate enough to have a mentor in business, it's one of the best things that can ever happen to them. Um, Lisa has done that for me, and I'm so thankful. Um, and And, yeah, that would be my advice to artists is get a business mentor.
0: I love it. I love it. And with that, we'll, we'll wrap this up. I certainly uh, thank you for your time, Ash. And we've given the website, and there'll be uh, uh, hopefully more people come and look at your stuff because it's beautiful stuff. Thank keep, you. Keep it up. Thank you. Take care. Thank you, Ash, for sharing your process and art with all of us. The Masters and Founders team includes me, Dan Dillard, producer Mariah Gossett, and audio engineer Jake Wallace. Thank you to the entire crew at Founding Austin for your support. Are you a member of our Facebook group? Check it out. The link is in the show notes. As always, if you like the show, maybe share it this week with a friend or coworker. You can also leave us a review on iTunes to help other folks find the show. We will be back next week. Thanks for listening.